<laughs> Welcome into DMVR Buffs podcast. My name is Jake Schwanitz. Joining me today is Ryan Konigsberg. We are presented by the American Raptors. Head on over to AmericanRaptors.com. Get your free ticket for one of their games or stream their matches. We have a very fun show today, I think. I'm super excited, Ryan. How about you? I am too. I, you know, and not to spoil anything, but the more that I've looked at just the options that the Buffs have for this cycle is it gets me more excited like doing this and and just looking at all of the different names you have here i don't remember a coaching search where there was this many available guys and maybe it's because we're starting so early in the process mm -hmm. but the fact that there's i would say more than a dozen coaches that i could actually like be happy with feels so crazy considering the last time we did this it was so late in the cycle that there was like I think Sark was like the only one that I was like, this would excite me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, completely different from the last cycle. Head on over to DMVR, uh, the DMVR.com. Just published an article today, our comprehensive list of coaching candidates for the Buffs this year. There are 27 guys on that list. But today on the podcast, we are going to be tiering 37 coaches, <laughs> or I guess 36 plus one. Uh, um, <laughs> we'll get into the plus one. 37 people. Exactly. 37 people. <laughs> uh, S tier, A tier, B tier, C tier, F tier. Kale will pull that up for us when we get to that. Uh, actually, let's just get to it right now, Kale. Why don't you show the people what we're working with today? Not that. No. <laughs> <laughs> There, there it, is. it is. All right. Got all right. our tier list. Uh, all the coaches are being hidden by the banner. It adds a level of suspense, I suppose. It does. We are going to start at the very top, though. The, most of these are in alphabetical order until we get towards the end. Our first guy we're going to talk about is Bill O'Brien, the offensive coordinator at Alabama. So, real quick, are we able to come back and move guys we later? Can. Because yes. I feel like there's so many options here that we might end up getting too many in different tiers. Yes. I want to start Bill O'Brien as a B tier option. Fair enough. Uh, I'm a I call I'd consider myself a Bill O'Brien fan. I think oh. that as a coach, he is I guess underrated at this point. I mean, the events that went down at the Houston Texans were basically because of his general managing decisions, not really because of his coaching decisions. Um, he lost the control of the locker room eventually, but that was from those GM decisions. I would maybe put him a bit higher, but B is fine for now, I'll say. I mean, what he did at Penn State was really impressive, and yes. so that's actually pulling him up for me mm -hmm. um, to where I just – I feel like wherever he goes, people end up not liking him, and that worries me, and that's going to come up for a couple people around here mm -hmm. um, for – yeah, for me, it's got to be B tier just because it's like very good football coach with questions. I think that's going to pop up a lot. Completely understood. Uh, if we're starting off with Bill O'Brien and B tier, this is going to get really fun. Uh, next guy, we've got Bobby Petrino. He is the coach at Missouri State right now. Of course, tons of controversy surrounding this guy. What are your thoughts, though? <laughs> I mean, this is very similar but i think maybe it has to go lower just because it's not just like he's you know an ass it's like yeah he's done some pretty sketchy stuff right so for me it's probably gotta be c tier yeah i don't i mean maybe five years ago or so this would be an f tier guy for sure but c feels about right for now he has done a decent job at missouri state steven wants to know what s tier stands for is s tier superior superior so 
I don't know how this tier system came together, <laughs> but it's it's widely accepted on the internet. All right. Uh, next guy, Brian Harson. This guy is still the coach at Auburn, so a bit of an awkward situation here. But also, is there no D tier? Uh, I took out the D tier. Kale, you can add the D tier if you okay. want. It's fine with me. Okay. I guess uh, D and F. That's what I figured. You're yeah. not passing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what do we think about Brian Harson? I mean, this is a guy that coached at Boise State for quite a while, uh, goes over to Auburn, didn't do very much there. Your thoughts? Gonna have to be f tier for me <laughs> really interesting explain um and, and i don't have the final say here like if you if he's b for you and f for me we can average it out to a c um first of all as cu fans we have learned that boy success at boise state does not always yes. translate uh and i think what you what we've seen is that the the brand that boise state has built kind of carries itself in that uh, mm -hmm. region of the country. Mm -hmm. Like, they're never going to be bad. Um, they're going to have their good seasons. And they're basically always like a quarter away from dominating the Mountain West. A quarterback away from dominating the Mountain West. Yep. Um, so, I, I just, I don't want to see someone on the downs, uh, downswing here. And a bunch of success at Boise State and then failure in the Power Five, that's Dan Hawkins for me. Mm -hmm. um, so, I, that sets off some red flags for me. I try not to use one guy's uh, resume against him, but I don't want someone else's trash right now. Makes sense. He was 69, nice, and 19 at Boise State from 2014 to 2020. Next guy we have is a former Buffs coach, actually, Brian Lindgren. He is the offensive coordinator at Oregon State now. They got off to a hot start. Haven't been as good recently, though. Your thoughts on him? F tier. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess I'm just I'm using the F tier for like, do not want. Sure. If no, uh, will not like if they were to hire Brian Lindgren as the head coach, he's actually probably number two on my list of people the hires that people would be the most mad about. <laughs> I don't even think number one is on our list. Um, oh, you told me number. Oh, I I know who number one is. Did he make the thirty-seven? Yeah, he did not make the. 37. So number one would have been Scott Frost. Like I think if the Buffs were to hire Scott Frost, <laughs> the meltdown would um <laughs> oh like my God would increase global warming. Uh, the meltdown would be so fiery. But Brian Lindgren was a guy who did okay here, mm -hmm. um, but eventually got run out of town for Darren Cheverini. Yep, which wrong move there um but there's just no juice there like he's a very calm like kind of gives me carl Durrell vibes i get it um i think he's a guy that still needs a few years but an interesting candidate nonetheless i guess it wouldn't be the most surprising I, thing if he got a job i could see him having a lot of success at, in low level mm -hmm. lower level college football as a mm -hmm. head coach got to build that resume up for sure and next guy doesn't have to do that and that is bronco mendenhall he stepped away from the Virginia program after their bowl game in 2021. Stepped away, but said he wasn't retiring. So the door is open. This guy had a ton of success at BYU. So he's got those connections to the mountain area. What are your thoughts on him? Hmm, I'm between the top two tiers here. Okay. Um, I think for now I'm going to put him in the A tier. I agree. Uh, very good football coach. Track record of success. Nothing that blows you away um 
although the the BYU run is very uh, very impressive, but the fact that like Sataki is kind of able to go in there and right. um, replicate that success, uh, I don't that doesn't have necessarily take too much away from it, but it's like he's right there. Of if you hire this guy, I'm saying good hire. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite doing backflips. I agree. 99-43 at BYU. He only went 36-38 and 38 at Virginia. Another coach that went coast-to-coast and just didn't see as much success in that second stop. Our next guy, though, this team took a jump from uh, FCS to FBS this year. Kurt Signetti at James Madison. Well, I wasn't expecting to do this this early, um, but S-tier. Okay. And is this the guy? This is the guy. Let's go. Let's hear it, Ryan. All right. Let me pull out my notes here. I want to just like paint oh. you guys a picture of who Kurt Signetti is. And he just, he's hitting, I don't know, every box for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's start here. In the year 2000, I'm just going to do things that have happened in this millennium. Okay. <laughs> in the year 2000, he's hired as QB coach and recruiting coordinator at NC State. Mm-hmm. He coaches a guy named Philip Rivers as the quarterback's coach there, helps him win ACC Player of the Year. Did not recruit him there, but did coach him there. Obviously, one of the best seasons in NC State history, Phillip Rivers' first-round draft pick. In 2006, remember, he's the recruiting coordinator. He helps bring in a guy named Russell Wilson. Hmm. Now, Russell doesn't actually get there. He he starts the recruiting process with Russell, but Russell is not there while he's a coach. But he does get a little bit of credit for uh, opening that door, starting the recruiting process of Russ. Not too much. But then a failed NFL coach gives him a call and says, hey, I'm going back to college. Want to come with me? That person's name is Nick Saban. Mm -hmm. He hires him to be his first recruiting coordinator at Alabama. That alone is like that setting off massive, whatever the opposite of uh, alarms, like bad alarms, setting off massive good alarms for me. He's also the wide receivers coach there, where he coaches Julio Jones. Yep. He recruits and is credited with bringing in future Heisman winner Mark Ingram. He also brings in Dante Hightower. Among you know, all they do is bring right. in amazing players, so more and more guys. Um, after all that success, he gets a call from IUP, Indiana University of Pennsylvania. Yes. And turns out IUP is actually like a very proud Division II program. But they were horrible uh, before he got there. Four and ten in their last uh, fourteen conference games. This is his first head coach job. First year, seven and three, uh, gets them back to where they deserve to be. Ends up going fifty-three and seventeen at Indiana University of Pennsylvania. Goes from Division two, gets the call to FCS Elon. They've gone six straight losing seasons before he got there. Four and 20 in their last 24 conference games. Immediately turns them around. Like, Mm -hmm. snaps his finger and turns them around. They lose to Toledo in the first game of the season. They win the next eight regular season games. Make it to the FCS playoffs after legitimately being a doormat for six years. Uh, Year two... He leads Elon to one of the biggest wins, maybe the biggest win in their program's history, as they beat James Madison, remember that name, mm-hmm. 22-game CAA football uh, winning streak. They had won 22 conference games in a row before uh, Kurt Signetti's Elon Phoenix knocked them off. They also had won 19 consecutive games at home. They went on the road and beat the number two team in FCS. 
and so then JMU loses their coach to ECU that offseason. And they say, yeah, we want that guy who beat us <laughs> yeah. this season to come be our head coach. So they had kind of a down year for how good JMU had been in the year before he gets there, the year that he beat them. Right. Gets the immediate Signetti bump, as I'm calling it. 14-2 and two that year, 8-0 and in the conference, all the way to the FCS title game in his first year. They lose to none other than North Dakota State, who of everyone course. loses to. Uh, then in 2020 and 2021, they win the conference again. He's never He never didn't win the conference while he was the coach <laughs> of them. Makes the semifinals each year. Loses to uh, North Dakota State in one of those two years again. And then finally... So he's won at Division Two. He's won at FCS. Then JMU this year gets the call from FCS up to FBS. Boom, four and zero. Not just four and zero. You know, in the Sun Belt, four and zero with a win over Middle Tennessee State. You guys might remember them as the team that blew out CSU and also Miami. Mm-hmm. They've beat them, and they've got a win over App State, which is the pride of that conference. Yep. And App State took North Carolina to the brink and beat Texas A&M. So he's basically just taken JMU and turned them into like already a wagon yeah. in, in, you know, obviously at lower levels, FBS, but FBS, this dude checks every box for me. Winner check, uh, recruiting chops, check, turned around programs, check. He, th- there couldn't be a more perfect fit. There's two things I guess that he doesn't have. What's that? Any experience in the West true everything he's done has been on the east i this has never bothered me um doing it but there are some track records of saying hey this doesn't always work and then the other thing is just he's on the older side yep 61 years old i don't really care uh, you know like i'm not expecting him to come here and be the coach for the next 20 years right. i just want to win yeah so if he comes around you get the signetti bump right away <laughs> he turns this thing around i'm happy i don't even care what happens after that just want someone who can actually come here and build a program. I've gone through back and forth. There's a lot of guys in this kind of category of, you know, of success at lower levels and you can find these guys, but this is Lance Leopold, you know, yep. and it's worked for Kansas, who was the, maybe the only team in the country that had a worse program than Colorado coming into this year. Now they've surpassed us in spades. They have hosting game day this week. They're ranked in the top 25. I think that this is going to be a hot move this cycle is going down and getting these guys uh and it's never all that sexy a lot of times it really does pay off to go get these guys so this dude has everything i think 100 percent, i agree i mean this guy you as you mentioned you just look at what he's done what he's gone through super super impressive career record of 103 and 31 four conference titles since 2011 and this year he is on pace to potentially win the sun belt in the first season, moving up to FBS, which is a tremendous accomplishment in and of itself. Next guy, though, Dan Mullen. By the way, I could talk about Kurt Signetti I, all I day. I could tell. <laughs> I'm fired up about him. I just, I hope they don't let the East Coast thing get into. I mean, you know, he's gone to Alabama, so it's a little off the coast. Well, being realistic, <laughs> chances are if they continue on this trajectory, he's going somewhere else other than Colorado. Well, it's possible for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I don't know, like. I don't know if schools above Colorado in these coaching searches are willing to do that move. Right. And that's why I think the Buffs are going to have a lot of options here. All right, we can move on. Dan Mullen, uh, currently an ESPN analyst, last was the head coach at Florida, 
kind of got pushed out there um, despite having a pretty good record. I think the recruiting kind of fell off, and that's why Florida opted to go in a different direction. He was 34-15 and 15 with the Gators, 69-46 and 46 with the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Of course, that year with Dak Prescott. Where do you put Dan Mullen? There could be a whole tier of, like, guy who got pushed out of good – program because he didn't win quite enough Mm -hmm. uh and this would be that tier and i think that's going to end up being the b tier for me um i'm not complaining if dan mullen is hired here um it's it feels like a low ceiling move Mm -hmm. um but if it's a high floor move again i think most people around here are going to be happy good football coach for sure yes yes um the offensive scheme is something that he will definitely bring with him I agree with the B-tier ranking, though. Next guy, though, I don't know about B-tier, Deion Sanders. It's so unrealistic that I just don't know what to do with this. Um, I'm going <laughs> I'm going S-tier. Wow. I'm going Let's S-tier. go. Um, there's just no way that this doesn't end up being at the very least entertaining. Right. Like, that's all I'm asking for. I just want the buffs to be entertaining. Um, he, I mean, he... Recruiting is marketing. A guy with the nickname Primetime knows how to market, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm only I'm only entertaining this just because he's on there. There's no way he's coming to Colorado. No. There's it's just not even. I think the only way he would ever leave um, the HBCU scene is for an SEC job. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. So, but or I'm, Florida State or Florida State. Yes, mm-hmm. that's a good point. But other than that, uh, I. Uh, yeah, I mean, it would be electric for sure. Uh, those press conferences would be must-see TV. Yes. Uh, he is 19-5 and five in his three years at Jackson State. Next guy, though, Eric Bieniemy, a former buff. This might be another long one. Let's hash it out. All right. So uh, not, I'm not breaking any news here to CU fans, but other than his on-the-field success, which was immense and incredible, uh, Eric Bieniemy doesn't have a great track record of things at CU. Obviously, there's legal issues that have popped up. He was actually suspended from campus for a whole year at one point, like not allowed to be at, in Boulder uh, on campus, which is you know concerning. Um, then you go to his coaching career, which was really good as a assistant. And then when he became a coordinator, it was obviously just an absolute dumpster fire. The only time they've been as bad as really they were this they are this year. Um, because of that, I just don't imagine this happening at all. Mm-hmm. So what I will say is I think that he's learned a lot from Andy Reid. And I think that, you know, when he came here last time, he was trying to like they were trying to replicate Stanford essentially. Right. Uh, and I think that would be a very different move now. Like seeing that West Coast spread, whatever you want to call. Uh, what Andy Reid is doing at run at the highest level here would be really exciting. That's about the best thing I can say for it. The other thing is that Eric Bieniemy is a, a hothead for lack of a better term. And it rubs a lot of people the wrong way. And um, I just know that there's some people in that athletic department now that don't necessarily want to see him back around. So it's C for me. Okay, fair enough. Um, just to kind of build off of that, I've talked to some people around the program the last few weeks, and we've, of course, brought up Eric Bieniemy. I don't think anyone is on board with this. Uh, it would surprise me if he gets hired. The weird thing is there was legitimate national reporting that it was offered to him in the last cycle, and I don't know if that's true. Um, but 
that that would scare me at least if that actually happened because it would mean no they'd probably circle back around or it means they've already had their you know conversation and once you turn them down once maybe you're not going back to them but um yeah he gets the the bump for being a legend um and gets to the c tier next guy one of my favorite guys garrett riley he came uh to Folsom field week one and absolutely put it on the buffs he is of course the younger brother in the second half true (laughs) he is of course the younger brother of lincoln riley who is now the head coach at usc garrett riley is coached at kansas east carolina appalachian state uh most notably though in 2020 and 2021 at smu where he produced a top 15 offense, both in terms of total yardage and points scored. This is one of my favorite candidates straight up, I'll tell you that. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, you just can't ignore the, for lack of a better term, the bloodline there, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like, you would assume he's learned from his brother. You would assume that he, you know, um, can take away things from in terms of program building. We already know he's got offense. Mm-hmm. And honestly... I think this runs in the uh, the family in Colorado. All we want to see is touchdowns. Yep. I just want to see my team <laughs> score in the end zone, whether it's the Buffs <laughs> or the Broncos. Even CSU brought in the air raid. They can't even score. Yep. It's, there's something in the air right now. If we could just see competent offense, it would go a long way for me. I have to I, – I'm considering the top tier, but I think i go A here. I think he'd be S tier for me. We'll live with the A tier for now. We'll reevaluate after Put him in the S. Put him in the S. Let's do it. (laughs) Jake has pull around here too. I love to hear that. Um, This is a guy though. I mean, if you bring him in instantly, that USC Colorado game is lit. Oh, yeah. It is off the chain at that point. For the what? A couple years before they go to the big game. Yes. Yes. Next guy, probably one of, if not the favorite, in terms of the early candidates, Gary Patterson, he is the special assistant to the head coach at Texas, uh, to Steve Sarkeesian right now. Of course, previously at Texas Christian, where he coached for 20 years, he went 181 and 79, or 21 years, sorry, routinely developed two and three star recruits into not only good college football players, but legitimate, talented NFL football players. Your thoughts on Gary? To me, he's my favorite, I think, favorite of the retread head coaches, mm-hmm. um, guys who have been, you know, let go. And sometimes at a certain program, it just like the the juice runs out, you know, mm-hmm. and a lot of times that ends up being a bad thing for the programs that move away from these guys. I think Gary Barnett. Now there was some scandal and stuff in Boulder um, that helped this happen. But like you see, like he was there for a while, a lot of success. You start to think, oh, maybe we can go get, you know, the next hot name. You go get Dan Hawkins and, you know, then the wheels come off. Um, I'm going S tier here. Wow. All right. I think he's the best option. Is See, we might have to move. We have, might have to move some around. I think he's the best option if you're going down this road. Um, I, 21 years of success is a guy who knows how to run a program. Also... Sure. Do you have the advantage of being in Texas when you're at TCU? Yes. But you're also, I don't know, fourth, fifth in line mm-hmm. um, to get those players. Like that dude ran a program. He would put a hell of a staff around him. Uh, and I know he knows every he knows everything there is to know about being a head coach. And that's got to be worth something. Absolutely. Uh, not to mention, I mean, of course, being at Texas Christian, he coached there for a while. He's got to have so many connects in the state of Texas. Yes. Um, 
and even at those high schools that don't produce the four or five star guys, which is how he built this TCU program. And it's probably would be how he would have to build this Colorado program if he was their head coach. Next guy, uh, another former FCS team, now in the FBS for a few years now, Jamie Chadwell at Coastal Carolina. He joined the program in, sorry, I don't have it pulled up, but in 2017, he was promoted from offensive coordinator to interim head coach uh, when Joe Moglia took a leave of absence for his health. In 2019, though, the job was open again. Chadwell was formally introduced as the head coach. He's gone 35 and 19 since then. He does he does have a little bit of baggage though. He had a recruiting violation uh, thing that came down in 2017 when, his in, when he was interim head coach. That's actually a positive to me. Uh, just don't get caught next time. Love that. Love that. Uh, <laughs> it's the new age college football. <laughs> Where would you rank J- uh, Jamie Chadwell? <sighs> He, he fits this this category of guys that I really like um, coming up from the, the lower ranks who's done a really good job of, like, putting together an offense. And, mm-hmm. you know, you see what he did with Grayson McCall and yep. Isaiah Likely. And, you know, uh, they also had that running back there that I'm forgetting his name last year. I'm a little bit biased because I made a lot of money betting on Coastal Carolina yep. over the last two years, um, especially because they play on, like, Fridays a lot. Yeah. But uh, I think I'll go A tier here. I agree. I mean, kind of similar to Signetti in terms of a guy that just built this program up uh, from nothing. Not as, I guess, accomplished as Signetti. So mm-hmm. I agree with the A tier. We will continue. I guess to- I, one thing that I want to know is like his yeah. recruiting chops. Um, hasn't held any like recruiting titles mm-hmm. as he's gone around. And that's the big thing that sets Signetti apart for me. Why maybe I would even consider moving Chadwell down to the B tier um, is he doesn't have any sort of high level college football coaching experience so do you like him in a or i like him in a i think he's a solid coach and i think he'd be a good option better than those b tier options we have right now so i think a is a good good place to have him um i wish we could be we could bet on these odds on DraftKings sportsbook it's kind of weird to have him like above dan mullen we'll we'll circle back around All all right all right um like I said, I wish we could bet on these odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, but they have tons of other promotions going on for you guys. Uh, you could bet $5 in any NFL team, and if they win, you get $200 in free bets. You can also check out their stepped-up same-game parlays. Uh, you got a Broncos game tomorrow night. I think I'm going to be on bets tomorrow, so we'll be able to talk about that oh, yeah. with Andre. Uh, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DMVR to get $200 in free bets. If your team wins, when you place a $5 bet in any football game, that's code DMVR. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Also, shout out to Athletic Greens. I started taking Athletic Greens, Ryan, because I want to be one of these coaches one day. Mm. Um, These guys obviously get up very early in the morning and they're strapping, not young lads, but older lads at this point. Uh, Athletic Greens has 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash buffs. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash buffs to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Let's get back to the list then. All right. Next guy, another guy I'm a huge fan of, Jeff Grimes at Baylor, Ryan. This guy has accomplished a lot in his coaching career already. Uh, of course, at Baylor now, 
He started off, uh, he's actually worked with the Buffs in 2007 and 2008. Mm -hmm. He started his coaching career in 1995. So this guy has a ton of experience under his belt. He coached Cam Newton at Auburn, uh, helped that run game develop into a powerhouse and took them to that national championship along with Newton. He was also the coach for Zach Wilson at BYU for all three years. So that development we saw from Zach Wilson, Mm -hmm. you can point to Jeff Grimes and credit him for a lot of that. Uh, he's the offensive coordinator at Baylor, as I said. He was a finalist for the Broyles Award last year, too, which is awarded to the best assistant in the country. Where do you put Jeff Grimes? A tier for me. Uh, and he has something that I feel like would bring – it would bring it, it would help me sleep at night. Mm-hmm. He's going to get a quarterback. Yep. He's just going to. With that track record, he's going to be able to go into several living rooms of very good quarterbacks – and say come play for me you can end up like these guys Mm -hmm. and it's something that we've been missing here for so many years um you know none of these guys really uh have any track record you go through carl durrell not you know a quarterback developer or a quarterback (laughs) coach uh mel tucker wasn't um you know uh mike mcintyre that wasn't his strong suit um you go back to dan hawkins like John Embry, none of these guys have quarterback in their background. And I think it's one of many reasons why Colorado hasn't had a very good quarterback in a very long time. Mm -hmm. So you put him on there, you're getting a quarterback. And I will be so happy about that. It would also mean a lot for Owen McCown's development, too, if he stays. absolutely. And and that would probably be enough right there to just, like, convince Owen McCown to stay unless maybe there's something calling for him in Texas. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. I actually would consider him for an S tier, but we'll circle back around as we've said. Fair Next enough. guy is going to be Jeff Trailer. He is the head coach at UTSA, University of Texas, San Antonio right now. Before that, he was assistant head coach and running back at Arkansas, same positions at SMU. He also coached at Texas from 15 to 16. Uh, it's been a dramatic rise for him. Before that Texas gig, he was only coaching high school football since 1989. Uh, so he made the jump finally in 2015. He's got the Roadrunners at 22 and nine overall since he joined. They won their conference, Conference USA, last year, going 12 and two. What are your thoughts on Jeff Trailer? A couple of thoughts. One, I saw this on a message board. I'm not creepy enough to find this out on myself. For some reason, Owen McCown likes a lot of Jeff Trailer tweets. What? Uh, yes. Uh, even going back like well before <laughs> the coaching search. Um, just a big fan, I guess. Um, <laughs> number two, and this is the uh, unfortunate news, he just signed an extension there. Mm. He's getting paid like $3 million a year and has a $7 million buyout, yeah. which probably just takes him out of the running for yep. this job. Um, so as a coach, I'll put him... B tier, um, but given, yeah, I mean, we can leave him there, but it's not really a possibility. Yeah, uh, I miss that, but that totally makes sense, uh, especially given how much the Buffs are going to have to pay Carl Durrell here coming up. Next guy, Josh Gaddis. He, I also forgot to mention with, with Prime, Uh huh. his son's transferring wherever he goes, right? Like, Yeah, well, he's in his like second or third year though, right, his son? Is he? I thought I, I thought this was maybe his second year. Okay. But maybe it's it's longer than that. Either way, bring him along and uh 
and that instantly gives us a quarterback. He's also didn't he bring like a top one hundred fifty guy yes. or multiple top one hundred fifty guys to? I thought he got like top five. Yeah, it's it's crazy what he's been able to do there. Um, next guy, sorry, who was it? Josh Gaddis, offensive coordinator at Miami. Now, last year he was at Michigan, um, kind of pushed out, I think, at Michigan. Uh, they promoted a guy that we're going to get to later, Sharon Moore, to offensive coordinate, coordinator and decided to let Josh Gaddis go. That's why he's at Miami. I did not know that. I thought he was poached for Michigan. Jo- or, uh, Sharon Moore was promoted before uh, Josh Gaddis. That's crazy because I believe Josh Gaddis won the Broyles yes. Award last year, which goes to the best um, assistant coach in the country. Um exciting name it hasn't worked out obviously so far down there at miami Mm -hmm. a lot of people kind of wanting to give sharon more the credit and i didn't realize that michigan essentially wanted to give sharon more the credit that's a Mm -hmm. hit for for me uh so let's put him in the b tier fair enough i probably would have gone c tier let's go c tier then uh the thing with this guy (laughs) though he has been calling offenses for quite a while in his young coaching career he only started coaching in 2010 but in 2014, James Franklin, or I'm sorry, 2012, he was on James Franklin's staff at Vanderbilt, was only wide receivers coach and offensive recruiting coordinator. When Franklin went to Penn State in 14, he brought Gaddis with him, became passing game coordinator, offensive recruiting coordinator, and wide receivers coach, held those, year, held those positions through 2017, had the same role at Alabama in terms of co-offensive coordinator, calling plays, same at Michigan, calling plays this year at Miami, calling plays. So this guy is a play caller. Did he do recruiting at Alabama too? I mean, I'm sure he was recruiting, but was he? Wikipedia doesn't have that listed in his uh, job description at Alabama, but I'm sure he did some. I want him back in the B tier. That's fine. Put him up. Recruiting chops are just too too good uh, for me to pass up. If you're recruiting at Penn State and you know uh, Alabama, right? You know how it's done. This guy may not be on too many people's radars. I threw him on here just because of his track record. Josh Henson from USC, he is the offensive coordinator now. Prior to joining USC this season as the offensive coordinator and offensive line coach, he was the O-line coach at Texas A&M, same position at Oklahoma State, and then OC and offensive line coach at Missouri from 09 to 15. This is a guy that Lincoln Riley obviously trusted enough to bring in and run his offense. Now he's going to kind of have some of that spread air raid influence from Lincoln Riley also with that um, Texas A&M kind of pro style, you know, just the type of football that they play down there. Where do you want to put Josh Henson on this list? He's a bit of a, I don't even want to say a wild card, a little bit of an unknown, I suppose. Yeah, you know, if I'm going to go that coordinator route, I don't necessarily want it to be a place where the head coach is essentially the offensive coordinator, so that's a hit for me. Don't know too much about him otherwise. Um, but I probably go C tier here. Um, as for USC assistance, this guy's not on this list, but if mm-hmm. you're just going to sell out on recruiting, which I would support, uh, Dante Williams, who is the DB's coach there is essentially just considered one of the nation's best recruiters. Obviously he's over there at USC doing work, um, defensive back coordinator, like or defensive back, uh, coach and passing game coordinator. Um, he also was interim head coach last year. So, okay. you know, Link, this is a guy that Lincoln Riley was like, oh, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to keep him around. Um, I would support a just shameless, like, we're, we're hiring this coach to recruit. 
Uh, same with Alex Grinch, uh, the defensive coordinator at USC. He's a guy that is going to see some buzz as we move through this coaching carousel this year. Next guy, kind of in that same regards as Josh Henson, maybe a little bit of an unknown, but he's got a very impressive track record. This is Justin Fry. He is the assistant head coach to Ryan Day at Ohio State and also the offensive line coach for the Buckeyes. Before that, he held offensive coordinator and offensive line positions at UCLA and was the offensive line coach at Boston College. Wherever this guy has gone, um, including Temple from 2011 to 2012 as the O-line coach, wherever he's gone, this run game, his run games have been among the best in the country. Now in that assistant head coaching role at Ohio State, it seems like this guy might be ready to make the jump and take that assistant title off of that. Where do you want to put Justin Fry? Where do you want to put Justin Fry? I will, I'd probably say B tier yeah, right now. Same. Um, again, I, I will see how serious of a candidate this guy is throughout this cycle. Wouldn't surprise me either way if you hear him being talked about for some big jobs or you just don't hear him being talked about at all. But a name to watch out for as we move through college football over the years. Next guy, though, is extremely ready to be a head coach because Mike Gundy said so before the season. That is Casey Dunn at Oklahoma State. Uh, he was the wide receivers coach there for a while, and now he has worked his way up to being uh, the offensive coordinator, assistant head coach, and he was a wide receivers coach up until 2019 when he received those new duties. As I said, Mike Gundy said he was ready. What do you think? So I think what the B tier is shaking out to be is guys who are excited, like, you, essentially, you can talk yourselves into them. Yeah. And I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just like, oh, you point to a few things here and there and you say, like, this is the, this is, you know, what this guy has going for him. I think that's where I put Casey Dunn. Uh, is in that B tier of like, okay, if that was the hire, I'm, I'm excited. You know, I'm doing some research mm -hmm. uh, more than I've done now, like trying to figure it out. And by the end of his press conference, I'm all in. Right. Um, so that's where I think, I think the B tier is going to get crowded because I think there's a lot of guys like this. Fair enough. This guy's been a coach for a long, long time, though. He's waited quite a while to be a head coach. He's going to be one eventually very soon. Next guy is going to be, this is probably a pipe dream, probably the longest shot on this list, honestly, Kalani Sataki. Yeah, I mean, I would have never even considered him, but Bruce Feldman put him on his list. Obviously, one of the top insiders in college football. I, I'm guessing he wouldn't just do that for no reason at all maybe he's heard a little something here or there maybe Kalani Sataki is mad at someone at BYU mm -hmm. wants to leave will take a pay raise I have no idea I, I don't even know he might have a buyout similar to you know a uh, draft trailer that just completely puts yeah. this to bed but if you're able to get him I think he's one of the best coaches in the country yep 100% S tier yeah um I agree. S tier, just it's just not going to be realistic, I don't think. I don't think so either, but blame Bruce Feldman, not me. All right. Uh, the next guy is a guy that I'm a huge fan of. He is currently the offensive coordinator at Oregon. That's This is Kenny Dillingham, only 32 years old. Um, he's advanced through the coaching ranks very quickly. Dan Lanning, obviously the new uh, coach at Oregon, brought him over. He was at Florida State last season. Before that, he was at Auburn and Memphis. In Memphis, uh, from 17 to 18, I think everyone knew back then, they were one of the most explosive teams in mm -hmm. all of college football. He has also earned a reputation as one of the country's best recruiters. Mm. 
What do you think? Where do you want him first? Ryan, this is my guy, I think. Oh, we need like a sound for yeah, that. Yeah, I'm going to put him S tier, man. Wow. I think this is a very impressive coach that is only going to grow in terms of popularity in this, co- in this coaching carousel throughout the years. I mean, I think I'm a little nervous just because he doesn't really have too many West Coast ties up until this season. He was an offensive analyst at Arizona State, and that's where he is from, is from Phoenix, Arizona. So maybe there is enough to do that. Also only 32, maybe a bit too young, nah. but no. I mean, I don't know. I, like That's how, how old Sean McVay was when right. he got hired to coach an NFL team. Mm-hmm. Uh, coaches are getting younger and younger. And honestly, while sure, do you like to have some experience, a little more experience, a little more long in the teeth, I think it can help. At the same time, I think it can help to be younger and closer to the age of these kids and right. understanding the world that we live in more and more. Like, you know, um, I think one of the biggest problems of many with Phil Stefano is just he's so far removed from reality uh, and like what the landscape of college football is in this in today's day and age. Whereas like this guy, Dillingham, has to know exactly what, you yeah. know, he. this is the only college football that he really knows is today's day and age. Right. Um, I love this guy as a candidate. I've uh, talked a lot of shit about Bo Nix on this show, but he helped him become the SEC Rookie of the Year in 2019, which I think considering when you watch Bo Nix is pretty impressive. And who knows what he's going to do with Bo Nix this year. Exactly. Um, he has looked better this year, to be fair. Yeah. Next guy, though, this might be a pipe dream also. We're going to go with Matt Entz from North Dakota State. Uh, obviously, this program has been an absolute powerhouse over the years uh, under Craig Bull and now under Matt Entz. He has been the coach since 2019. He's gone 41 and five, two FCS championships in 2019 and 2021. One, is this realistic? And then two, where would you put him on our tier list? One, I'd say it has to be somewhat realistic. Uh, it's not like they're backing up the Brinks truck there. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, he's in a great situation where he can probably every year just be like, no, I'll pass on that job. There'll be a better one eventually. Um, I, I would, wouldn't, I mean, if Wisconsin is going to do a real search, I think that maybe they this could be a, a, an interesting fit for them. They might just go with Jim Leonard. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not going to the top here because he took over an existing powerhouse. What I love so much about Kurt Signetti is that he just went into places that were in the dumps and pulled them up. Now with JMU, he did take over an existing powerhouse and he's taken them to new heights, but like with Elon, with IUP, which IUP was down, Elon was terrible. He was able to turn both of those around immediately. Right. Whereas Entz is taking over just a well-oiled machine. Mm -hmm. So uh, I would put him uh, in the A tier. Yeah, not a lot of movement in terms of his uh, maybe coaching Maybe even career. I would go B. I don't know. Well, what do you think? Well, you, you can be the tiebreaker. I think A tier just based on his ability alone, but I, I hear your concerns. I mean, he's been at North Dakota State since 2014, so he was sort of grandfathered into that role of head coach. I mean, for better or worse, I suppose. Yep. Um, I don't really know if this one's a realistic one. Next guy, though, Matt Rule, the Carolina Panthers head coach. We're assuming he's going to be fired. I mean, they've been dreadful the last two years. They've had a lot of quarterback issues, but the team just is not in a good place. He, of course, turned around Baylor a few years ago. Uh, He also turned around Temple before that. How do you feel about Matt Rule? 
I mean, the turnarounds are, uh, are, are what it's all about. And that's super exciting to do it at that level. I don't think I like the dude. Yep. Um, so I'll put him as an A tier option. Fair enough. I actually think I might have gone B. Um, oh, all right. But I mean, you can leave him in A, Kale. Um, but as you mentioned, those turnarounds are very impressive. You just have to wonder, is this guy just a better college football coach than he is NFL coach? Obviously. You see it all the time. Yeah. And, and that cycle was a really weird one when he got hired because it was like ev- like it was like the RPO like revolution and everyone was like oh maybe you just have to hire college coaches like mm-hmm. this might be the move and remember they they hired him and they brought in Joe Brady as his offensive right, coordinator right. and they like thought they were kind of ahead of the curve and I just never thought it was all that well thought through um, so. He only has a 47 and 43 uh, career college record. You have to factor in, though, his first years at both Temple and Baylor, he won a combined three games, two games in 2013 for Temple, only one game for Baylor in 2017. He obviously turned those programs around, though. Next guy is Kurt Mike Signetti Sanford. Can't relate. Oh. <laughs> Kurt Signetti is very impressive. We'll talk a lot about him, I think, moving forward. Yep. But Mike Sanford, the current interim head coach, what are your thoughts, man? <sighs> he seems like he is doing all the right things. Um, and just to kind of give you guys an idea of how much he's doing all the right things. Uh, I heard yesterday that he was, you know, he's the interim head coach. He was offered the head coach office, which mm-hmm. by the way, I've been in it and it's sick, like way sicker than any other offices in there. And he said, no, that's not for me. I'm, I did not earn the right to be the head coach yet i plan to but not yet and i just like it's a it's kind of a football guy kind of move right right? you got to earn your stripes you got to earn your helmet stickers Mm -hmm. um but he's just pressing all the right buttons he's saying all the right things so i don't i want to go easy on him here with that said the only way he even enters the conversation for me is if he wins three games and the only way that i'm probably saying like okay i'm in is if he was win at least four games and that's almost impossible but that would mean some huge wins for this buffs team huge wins um colorado or colorado plays cal next week of course we're looking at that one as a potential win and then arizona state at the end of the month we'll see what he can do i mean as you said he's doing all the right things I think C is fair for now he's just gotta work his way up right and and i'll say from what i hear this isn't one of those things where the athletic department is saying like, oh, the interim coach has no shot. Mm-hmm. Like they like him. Um, it would be a really, really tough sell to the fans. Yeah. I mean, a failure at Western Kentucky as a head coach, mm-hmm. it would be almost impossible to sell to the fans if you don't pull up some massive upsets. I'm talking beating USC, beating you know Oregon. Is Oregon mm-hmm. on? Yep. Yeah, they're coming. Beating uh, Utah, mm-hmm. like. You might have to get two of those even because one right. can be written off as a, just a fluke game. Now, I don't even know if that's physically possible. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I feel bad for him. It He's got to be C for me right now. And he can, you know, he can go. I think he can only go up because even if they were to lose out, that's what I expected anyway. And, you know, he was what he was. But. Um, I don't think it can get worse. There is a lot of stink around him. I mean, he went nine and 16 at Western Kentucky, only two seasons, 
was three and nine in that second year, one of the worst teams in the country. He was, of course, fired from Minnesota after 2021. But this is a guy that worked with Jordan Love at Utah State. He worked and made Ian Book a better quarterback at Notre Dame. Worked at Stanford from 2011 to 13. I think they had a pretty good quarterback back then, mm-hmm. don't you think? Um, so this is a guy, I mean, he's kind of been there, done that in a way. Just hasn't really had the results, at, uh, I guess, at the end of the day, though. C tier is... Louise asks, what if Stanford wins one or two games and plays every game in November close? I just don't think it's enough. Mm-hmm. Um Look at some of the guys we're talking about and the coaching yep. records we're talking about. Yep. Now, that doesn't mean that these guys are attainable, but you know, 100 wins for Gary Patterson and 100 wins for Kurt Sidnetti and right. you know, uh, all these guys have like stellar coaching records. To hire a guy who is 9 and 16 as a head coach just because the vibes felt right <laughs> is a really big gamble. Yep, 100%. Next guy, this guy was fired on the same day that Darrell was fired. That's Paul Christ former now Wisconsin head coach. Um, he led the Panthers from 2012 to four, 2014, only went 19 and nine, 19 and 19 with the Panthers, then went to Wisconsin. He won Big Ten titles or Big Ten West titles, I guess, in 2016, 2017, and 2019. He won every or eight games, sorry, in every non-COVID season as a Badgers head coach. Where do you place him? For so many years, people have kind of lo- you always look around at programs around the country and you say, "Who can we replicate? Who mm. who should we try to be?" And a lot of people will tell you Wisconsin when they're talking about Colorado mm-hmm. is you know you take the good offensive line talent from in the state, you keep them around, you win from the trenches. Um, certainly not exciting on offense, but yeah. really good program builder. And just look at like the NFL draft. So many of those guys. Two of them got drafted to the Broncos this year. Matt Henningsen, Fayon yep. Hicks. Like that team is that that staff was just churning out talent and, and developing guys who didn't come in with like the highest level. So he, there's nothing really flashy about him other than the record. I think we just talked about 100 wins. I think is he is he over that threshold? 86 and 45. Okay, total. it's pretty darn close. To me, he has. Oh, I think he has to be S tier. Wow, really? Yes. You know what? Which means that someone's probably going to have to come out of there eventually because it can't be the most populated tier. Um, but the thing is, it's October. I mean, a lot of these guys yeah. are going to coach their way out of that S tier and out of Colorado's league anyways. Fair enough. But I just mean, like, S tier should probably be reserved for a cut. Like, I always say, like, there's only three or four elite players in any position right. in, in football. There can't be seven elite coaches. We'll, we'll reshuffle. Yeah. Um, on Paul Chris, though, I think one decision really wrecked his Wisconsin career, and that was bringing in Graham Mertz and kind of anointing him as basically the savior of Wisconsin football, and yeah. he's been anything but that. Um, because of that, I think Paul Chris might have had a couple beers, maybe not Breckenridge Brewery, but I'm here to tell you about Breckenridge Brewery. They got a hoot nanny coming up. You can hit them up uh, this weekend because the Buffs are on by. And the Broncos um, and, aren't playing. Well, that's right. The Broncos aren't playing. They play tomorrow. So hit up Breckenridge Brewery at their Littleton location. They're going to be having a weekend-long hootenanny, live music, food, beer, and games. Check out the link in the description or breckbrew.com for more details on tickets and artist lineup. Shout out to those guys at Breckenridge Brewery. Love those dudes. Hell yeah. Next guy. I think this is one of your guys here, Ryan. Ricky Rain. He is the head head ball coach at Old Dominion. Old Dominion 
had a big upset early in the year beating Virginia Tech. They sit at two and three on the season, though. It seems like he's turning this program around. He spent the six years before he was hired at Old Dominion at Penn State, where he was quarterbacks coach, tight ends coach, and offensive coordinator. Uh, he developed a lot of guys there. You think of Mike Gusecki. Uh, you think of um, Trace, McSorley. Trace McSorley. Miles Sanders yeah. was on that st- uh, that team too. How do you feel about Ricky Rain in terms of this list? Yeah, he kind of falls into that category of intriguing guys, mm-hmm. um, super high energy guy, which obviously is something that's going to be a part of this coaching uh, search. Mm-hmm. You always go opposite of what you had before. Um, I didn't realize everyone was calling him Cardboard Carl. Oh no! Um, but God. Th- that's what uh, that's what people are trying. You always over, you know, maybe not overcorrect, but go the opposite. So he's mm-hmm. a high energy guy. He's a lot of excitement. He's not quite up to the level of some of the other guys in terms of success at these lower levels yet. So uh, I'm going to put him B tier. Interesting. Um, I don't know if he's done enough for me to really uh, get consideration to be a head coach at a Power 5 level yet. Um, But consider the work that he's done so far at Old Dominion this year. It's definitely possible. As Luis said in the comments, this guy is from Morrison, Colorado, so he does have some local ties in that regard. Also coached at Kansas State from 06 to 10. Uh, After that, though, it was all on the uh, East Coast, Vanderbilt, Penn State, Old Dominion. So we'll see if he can make that transition if he gets this job. He's B tier. Yep. Next guy is going to be Ryan Walters, a former buff. He is now the defensive coordinator at Illinois. Illinois, one of the better, or I guess more best feel-good stories of the year so far. Uh, I think they beat Wisconsin also. Isn't that the game that got Paul Chris fired was yeah. last weekend? Yep. Um, Ryan Walters was also on the Broyles Award uh, finalist list. Obviously didn't end up winning. But last year... He might win it this year. He might win it this year for sure. Last year they had six defenders earn all Big Ten honors. Could be even more this year. He also helped produce upsets over Minnesota and Penn State over the years. Where do you want to put Ryan Walters? So this was my guy, uh, last coaching search. Mm-hmm. And I pounded the drum and pounded the table and said, this is the guy, bring him in. Uh, and, you know, got the classic, oh, too young, not mm-hmm. quite ready, couple years away. And so you got Carl Durrell. Yeah. And it's just like, that's where I push back so heavily on this. Oh, too young, couple yeah. years away. Like, okay, so what do you, like, right. what experience isn't worth all that much uh unless it's translating you know directly to winning and recruiting and all this stuff and so i'm still very high on ryan walters i hate that everyone basically the biggest knock that anyone can come up with him right now in the cu world is ah yes cu ties Mm -hmm. and everyone's really trying to push back against things with cu ties which i kind of get right the the Embry like get the band back together thing was a failure carl durrell uh, was a coach, you know, for the Buffs in, in the 90s and early 2000s. And that, I guess, you know, applies here. So everyone's really pushing back on that. Don't apply that to Ryan Walters. That's silly. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, you know, he was successful at Missouri. Again, I tried to push for him in that cycle uh, when he was still there. Then he didn't get hired that cycle from the Buffs or anyone. Mm-hmm. But he goes up uh, to Illinois where he gets to be the defensive coordinator there. He's killing it there. Like, there's no reason to say that can't work in Boulder. And when if, if the best reason you can hire someone is because of their former ties, then, yeah, stay away from them. But 
this is a guy who is a very, very legitimate prospect, not just for the Buffs, but for other places. And I think that's where you have to really uh, consider him. He is very young. I kind of like that about him. Uh, and, you know, I think Rick George kind of leans def- defensively a little bit. So mm-hmm. I'll put him A tier. I agree. Um, and I could be convinced into S, but A because of just lack of, uh, like, any head coaching experience. 100%. Uh, of course, a former player. He went straight into coaching after playing at Colorado. Um, also worked at Arizona, Oklahoma, North Texas, and Memphis. The next guy, we already talked about him a little bit, and that is going to be Sharon Moore. He is the co-offensive coordinator and offensive line coach at Michigan. He was a former player for Bob Stoops at Oklahoma. He played guard, and it really shows in just what he's done at Michigan. The run game at Michigan has been off the chain, and the recruiting in terms of the trenches and running backs has also been stellar. For the Wolverines, where do we want to put Sharon Moore? He is one of those younger guys, too, 36 years old. I think he's in the A tier for me. Um, what I didn't even know what, what you had said earlier, which is essentially they mm-hmm. – Josh Gaddis wins the Broyles Award. Yep. And they basically said, like, nah, it wasn't really him. It was mm-hmm. this guy. Uh, and that's surprising to me and also super impressive. Um, I think that the best thing that Michigan has going for them is offensive line play. And this is the guy who is getting a lot of credit for being the, um, you know, puppet master of that mm-hmm. offensive line. He's young. He knows all about recruiting. He knows big time college football. And uh, I think he would do a great like this is going into a tier for me, which is like, does this person lock down the best thing that Colorado has going for it is recruiting? I'm not someone who says, like, you have to recruit Colorado. Mm-hmm. If you're going to recruit Colorado well. The place to do it is on the offensive line, and there's no way this guy isn't able to get get offensive linemen in Colorado uh, to join him. He, of course, played at Oklahoma, like I said, was born in Kansas, also coached at Louisville and Central Michigan, so again, doesn't really have West Coast ties. I think it'd be a bit of an experiment. I love him as a coach, though. I think A is the right place for him. Uh, I don't know if he gets hired this cycle. He's definitely going to be a head coach at some point, I think. Also, I'd, I think I'd want to see a few more years of him as a play caller, too. i got to say, I push back on just the entire idea of a guy needing a couple more years. Really? Um, I think you either have it or you don't. Fair enough. Uh, I don't, like, maybe there's a situation where um, a guy, like, needs more help on just what it takes to be a head coach. That can Those gaps can be filled in through the staff, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, like, for example... Nathaniel Hackett. I don't think like I don't think his biggest issue is an experience. I think his biggest issue is that he didn't bring in enough of an experienced staff yeah. to help him know mm-hmm. what he doesn't know. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like if you bring in one of these young guys who's quote a couple years away, it's just on you as an athletic department and on you know him to understand. Okay, well, let's bring in experienced coaches who can say, hey, remember you got to take care of this, this, and that other thing, um, and kind of guide him. I think. If a coach is going to succeed, it's mostly about situation, which doesn't reflect well on the buffs. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, it's just like you either have it or you don't. You're a head coach or you're not. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, next guy. I put this guy on the list because I thought it would just be a fun conversation, and that is Todd Munkin, the offensive coordinator at Georgia. I put him on here because, of course, the buffs hired Mel Tucker, who was mm. – the Georgia defensive coordinator at the time, or I guess previous to being hired at Colorado. 
He's been the offensive coordinator and quarterback coach at Georgia since 2020. He has coached a ton of NFL football at the Browns, the Bucks, uh, the Jaguars. He's also coached at, coached at Southern Miss, Oklahoma State, and LSU. What are your thoughts on Todd Munkin? He does have a 13 and 25 head coaching record from when he coached Southern Miss from 2013 to 2015. Um, I'm not sure he left Southern Miss after a nine and five season to go be the offensive coordinator at Tampa Bay. Huh? Which is interesting. That is interesting. He didn't get fired though. I don't think so. Okay. I'm trying to see. I don't know. That threw me for a loop there. I didn't expect to see that. Um, Where do you I, want to put him? I, B, uh, you know, I, I like the the idea of people from the SEC because they just know the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the game is only getting harder. There's so many more layers to, quote, unquote, the game. Um, the game used to just be like, yeah, pay players. Um, now it's like you got to get all this NIL stuff yep. situated. Uh, if anyone's going to understand that, it's people in the SEC where the, the battles for these guys are just on another level. Um, with that said, it's not like they have a super flashy or unique offense. Right. And uh, because of that, it's not that exciting to me. Fair enough. I think that's a good place for him. I would even consider C tier, honestly. Um, Move him to C then. Put him in C, Kale. Next guy, uh, this picture isn't actually him, but this is going to be Tom Herman, uh, the former Texas football coach, pushed out of there for not meeting Texas's lofty expectations. He does have a career rec- record of 54-22, and 22, never won fewer than seven games in a season, and has won each of his five bowl game appearances. At Houston, he led the Cougars to a 13-1 record in 2014, including a win over Florida State in the Peach Bowl. Uh, was the Chicago Bears offensive analysis last year. He is out of coaching this year. Where do you want to put him? A. Okay. Um, and I could probably be convinced of higher if it weren't for just these weird little rumblings. Like whenever someone gets fired for being successful, um, you yeah. want to know why. Mm-hmm. Now, the main thing I'm hearing when I ask people about this is that he was fired because of his politics. Um, and without, I have no desire to get into politics, but I can tell you if someone's politics don't mesh with Texas, they probably mesh pretty well with Boulder. Um, that being said, I also have heard a lot about him really rubbing the people wrong, rubbing people the wrong way, just like as a guy. And that worries me a little bit with that being said, like, why did, why didn't that ever stop him from winning so many football games? Like sometimes good coaches are just assholes yeah um and i'm not necessarily going to be picky about how how we win if we Mm -hmm. win yeah i agree i mean he's just an interesting candidate just because one he's out of football and i mean the work he's done to this point has been pretty stellar it was kind of astonishing he didn't get hired last cycle and took an analyst job Mm -hmm. uh as opposed to even a coordinator job or something that stuff is like concerning yeah so that's something that needs to be looked into This guy doesn't need to be looked into one bit, and that is Troy Calhoun, the Air Force head coach. He, of course, has been there for forever since 2007. Only head, the only position, only team, sorry, that he's head coached. He has a 115 and 76 record. He has two Mountain West titles to his name in 2021 and 2015, or conference division titles, I should say. Where do you want to put him on this list? C. Um, 
for a, a myriad of reasons. The number one reason for me is that anytime he's brought up for this job, it is mentioned that he would not run the triple option. Mm-hmm. And that makes negative sense to me. You've done one thing really, really yeah. well, and it works really, really well for you. I could actually be talked into it much more likely if you're saying, hey, he's going to come here and bring back the right. triple option to Boulder. Now, there's a reason why no one does that in Power 5 anymore, and it's because it makes recruiting really, really difficult. Yep. Um, with that said, it was also working for the teams that are were doing it. Like mm-hmm. You just never really hear about a team that runs a triple option and is awful, except for maybe like a couple Army-Navy years. Right. Um, but that's a moot point because it's not happening. And because of that, it's just like, I think that's the main reason you are successful. So I don't see what the point of hiring you is. Yeah, he's a bit of an odd case. Obviously, the triple option kind of plays into it. Um, I believe he was, when was he offered the job during uh, a Colorado coaching search? It wasn't the last cycle, but it was... Um, I, I don't know. Again, these stories of like whether they were offered the job or yeah. not is, are kind of odd. I know, I think it was the last cycle that was it. there was a lot of buzz, but it could have been the Mel Tucker cycle. That just doesn't, I don't know, maybe the comments can do a better job. We've done so many of these that they all kind of bleed together. We're, we're almost done. Uh, no, I mean, so many coaching <laughs> oh. searches. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Well, hopefully this is the last one for a while. Maybe they could get a guy like Troy Taylor. He is the head coach at Sacramento State right now. Sacramento State, of course, the team that upset. I don't. When, what week was it that they beat Colorado State? Was that week one? Week two. Was it week two? I think so. Um, week two. This guy is a bit of a quarterback whisperer, though. Um, he is only coached at FCS, but he's coached at Eastern Washington, another powerhouse. Um, before he arrived at Sacramento State, not a very good football team as you know uh, and mentioned, uh, made the playoffs in 2019, obviously no FCS season in 2020, made him again in 2021. He is now off to a 4-0 start. Where do you want to put him? Yeah, the biggest thing for me is the turnaround. Um, I, I got to find, I think, did I text you the stat uh, about where he was? I don't think you texted it to me, but I remember you talking about it. Um, I mean, that team was god-awful before he got there. Here mm-hmm. we go. Um so, first of all, at Eastern Washington, I believe they set the all-time uh, record for yards in a season. Was Cooper Cup on that team? Yes. Okay. So, he was uh, he was the offensive coordinator of that Cooper Cup team that just went absolutely bonkers. Mm-hmm. Um, then he goes to Arizona – or, sorry, he goes to Utah, and uh, they average about 30 points per game at Utah both years that he's there. Uh, and then, finally, he takes the Sac State job. Check this out. In the year that before he got the year before he got there, they won zero conference games, last in the conference. Sound familiar to something that might happen <laughs> this year? Uh, since he's got there, they're fifteen and one in that conference, from zero and I believe zero and eight to fifteen and one. No buffer in between those seasons. Mm-hmm. That's coaching um, for me. Twenty-two and five in those two seasons. He, it was down to him. Uh, and Signetti for me, for, for my guy. Okay. Uh, and he gets the age tiebreaker, but Signetti mm-hmm. just gets the experience in terms of being in the in the, the highest levels of college football and recruiting at those levels. So I, I'm going to 
put him in the S tier. Just do it. Yeah, that's fine. Is it a good omen that he was the Folsom High School in California head coach? Can't hurt. Uh, can't hurt one bit. He's also a former quarterback that was drafted in the fourth round in the 1990 NFL draft. Next guy, uh, I think we found another F guy here, and that is Urban Meyer. I mean, uh, this one's hard to to do, but just because I hate the dude, I'm putting him in the F. <laughs> that was an easy one. Uh, that's the end of what I have. I think there's only two guys left. Am I right, Kale? So the next guy is going to be Marcus Arroyo at UNLV. Uh, he was at Oregon before he went to UNLV. He was a Mike Gundy assistant before that. Uh, UNLV not off, or they are off to a decent start this year. Uh, before this year, though, it was quite rough for Marcus Arroyo. Um, his career coaching record is six and seventeen. 0 and six in twenty twenty. Of course, that was the COVID year. Two and ten last year, but off to a four and one start this year. So I'm going to put him here in the same tier as Mike Sanford because I still I need to see what happens the rest of the season before I decide on him. Like he can climb his way up from the C tier. Um, I just feel like we're taking four, five games and saying, okay, he's got them turned around. I want to make sure they can do it a little bit um, more into the conference schedule before I'm saying like he did it. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that he can't skyrocket up here though because UNLV, like Kansas – right there with the buffs in terms of lack of success uh in recent years i just i'm not quite ready to uh to appoint him before we get to our final candidate who i think is all of our favorites i don't know if uh we'll we'll get to him but before we get to that i want to talk about brent vigan i forgot to put him on this list he is the head coach at montana state uh before that he coached at north dakota state for a long long time starting in 1998 as a graduate assistant he eventually became tight ends coach, became quarterbacks coach, became running backs coach, and passing game coordinator before he was promoted in 2009 to being the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. He won three titles with the Bison from 2011 to 2013. After that, Craig Bull got hired at Wyoming. Vigan followed, where they coached a quarterback named Josh Allen. Mm. Um, he would probably be an S-tier guy for me. He's not on there. Can you pull up the, the uh, tier list real quick, Kale? Our last guy is the guy sitting right next to me, Mr. <laughs> Ryan Konigsberg. We're putting him right up in there in the S tier. Uh, hey, you'd said it, not me. <laughs> you know, a lot of public support has come my way. Uh, I'm waiting for a call for Rick. As I said uh, on one of my shows yesterday, no one will do it cheaper than me. 100%. And I will go no buyout. So if I oh. fail, you don't owe me anything. Uh, just give me a shot. I feel like I can do it. Like I said earlier, mar- coaching is marketing. I've got some chops in the marketing <laughs> world. I've got people that I know really well in the marketing world. Uh, I feel like I can t- I can sell Colorado football as well as anyone. 100% you can. And uh, Boulder as well as anyone. And putting on the black and gold as well as anyone. So I'm just saying, like, it should, it should be on your list. 100%. <laughs> we'll add you to the list. Biggest question, though. Who are your coordinators, offensive and defensive? Here's the thing. Um, I am probably, like, the, the best part about me is it's so cheap to get me that <laughs> we can spend big uh, on coordinators. So we can get one of these coaches that we just mentioned as your offensive coordinator. Potentially. Like, I think I'm going uh, Dante Williams, who I mentioned earlier, right? the, the defensive backs coach for USC. 
Uh, I'm bringing him in as my defensive coordinator. So, again, recruiting, recruiting, recruiting. Uh-huh. And then I'll just get Garrett Riley to come be my oh. OC. <laughs> Best team of all time. <laughs> Best Colorado team to ever see the field, potentially. I, I joke a little bit, but Bill McCartney said it himself. He said, I, he said I'm a terrible football coach. Uh, I'm just a good recruiter, and mm-hmm. I hire good coordinators. Sometimes it's all it takes. I don't know man. anything about X's and O's. I, know, I feel like I do know a little bit about X's and O's. But uh, – it's really it's all about recruiting, mm-hmm. motivating, uh, and you know, um, and keeping the vibes right. Uh, do we want to edit our list and take some guys out of S tier before we go? Yes, here? let's do that. Pull it up, Kale. Okay, so we've got Kurt Signetti, Deion Sanders, Garrett Riley, Gary Patterson, Kalani Sataki, Kenny Dillingham, Paul Christ. Uh, I'm blanking on his name right now, Ryan. Sac State. Guy. Troy Taylor. Troy Taylor. And of course, our guy RK and S tier. How many people do you think we should move out of here first? I think it should be around the same amount of people as F tier. So, but we don't have to go quite that far. I think we have to cut this in half. Okay. So let's move. Oh my God, this is so hard because I really like all these guys. I'll go first. I'll take one of my guys out. We can move Dillingham down to A tier just because he doesn't have near as much experience. He's the green. Oregon, Oregon guy. He doesn't have near as much experience as a lot of these guys. He might be a hot shot, um, but I think you got to, if you're Colorado, you're looking more towards experience at this point. All right. I think we can also take Paul Christ out of S tier um, for the same reasons I talked about with other guys, which was like, he's too... Uh, the program that he took over mm-hmm. is just like such a well-oiled machine that there's not necessarily that much evidence as to how much he did to get that program going. Like I bet you if they make Jim Leonard, the head coach there, he's just going to keep it going. And it's going to be the mm-hmm. exact same thing. Right. It's really good line play, great running backs, uh, and they'll keep it moving. Yeah. 100%. All right. I don't really count. So we're down yeah. to, we're down to six. six. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, it's is tough. Garrett Riley? Does he have to come out of there just because of the? If Kenny Dillingham well, comes out, he's I think your it's fair. Okay, I was gonna say, but he, you gotta have one of your. He was your. Was he your number two? Uh, yes. I mean, I'd probably say my number ones. I didn't put Brent Vigan on there. I'm kicking myself for that, but it was probably between Dillingham and Vigan for me. So, so. why don't we move Riley down and put Dillingham back up? That okay, doesn't help fine. us in this case. I like that the A tier can grow a little bit because mm-hmm. I was worried about that. Um, <laughs> who else has to come out of here? How about we move Gary Patterson down just to A tier because of how old he is? I mean, how old is he? He's pretty old. I mean, obviously, he coached at Texas Christian since 2000. 20 years. Um, he's been a longtime coach before that, too. He's coming in at age 62. I guess, how old was Signetti? Wasn't he around there, 61. Too? 61. Yeah, so I'm not crushing him for the age. I, I say we move... Uh, I say we keep Patterson there and move Troy Taylor out. Okay, that's fine. Um, Sorry, if you could Kale. switch uh, Gary Patterson from A to S tier, Texas guy. The bottom one of A. There we go. And then yep. the the in between those two. The, yep. White hat. There you go. He's going down to A. Um, this I think we're good here. This feels right. Uh, Kale, don't exit out of this. I want I want to get this graphic from you. Um, any other changes we should make before we uh, 
call it on the tier list? I, I think I want to move uh, Troy Taylor back up. <laughs> Already? <laughs> yes. Uh, I didn't have a good reason for you know moving what, man? him down. We can, we can we'll have We'll go it. heavy S. That's fine. It's, still, mean, it's, not the, it's tied with B and C. Um, and that feels like now everything's on the same line. It looks better anyway. Well, I mean, like we talked about earlier, I mean, a lot of these guys are going to get, they're going to play themselves out of Colorado's, I guess, kind of range anyway. Or, I mean, in terms of Sataki, I mean, this is kind of a long shot too. Same with Deion Sanders. So I think it's fine. All right. I would maybe, I would consider maybe moving, um, Chadwell to B tier, but I'm cool with him being an A. Uh, a couple comments here. Luis says, where's coach O? Uh, didn't, didn't make didn't dude. make it i mean it would be reality show worthy i would say yeah if coach o came to boulder the recruiting would be popping yes that's really all i care about so i'm not i'm not anti him i would actually probably have him eh, somewhere between a and b what if you could get ed orgeron as a defensive coordinator you do it in a heartbeat that would be a home run defensive coordinator well, and he's hire. he's talking to the current defensive coordinator mm-hmm. every day yep so maybe he's laying down some roots in boulder we'll see we'll see tons of get to in this coaching search we are only just beginning here at dmvr keep it tuned to dmvr buffs uh follow us on twitter we'll have tons of stuff on this throughout the weeks i promise you guys basketball too we'll talk basketball on friday um that's it for today i think man that was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun henry says edo is s tier edo you, you should have been here to push for him Hank. yeah henry we needed you uh, we also forgot your montana state guy uh, yeah, i'm sorry. a big fan uh anyways we'll have henry back at some point thanks again for doing this man tons of fun this thanks kale looking forward to this coaching search as you saw there's a lot of guys we like absolutely colorado's in a great position a much better position than they were two years ago before they hired carl durrell subscribe to the podcast uh, sorry to the audio listeners if this is a bit of a hard listen. Just go watch us on YouTube. Or that way you can see the whole list. For Ryan Konigsberg, my name is Jake Schwanitz. We will catch you on Friday on the DMBR Buffs podcast. Let's go.